The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong En Wu's teaching on Book of Genesis, chapter 3 to 4, translated by David. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. Today, we're going to review Genesis chapters 3 and 4. And chapter 3 tells us that we have the power to overcome temptation. Chapter 4 tells us that we have wisdom to subdue sin. There is actually a secret to do that. Let's review chapter 3 verse 1, which says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field, and that Lord God has made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The first thing to know about overcoming temptation is that you must know there will be temptation. The serpent is the main player of temptation. Serpent is our enemy in life portrayed in the Bible. It is the devil and Satan. In chapter 2, God established their destiny or calling. God entrusted them and gave them life's purpose and established their marriage. He also said that this woman, she is a helper. So this temptation comes to this woman first. The reference of this woman is not just about women as a gender and all. It also for, is foretelling about the new bride for Jesus coming and for all of God's children. So these temptations will come up on not just men or women, but to all the women in God's kingdom. It's about under the authority that we must rise up to be the helper, the new bride. We know that we have the power to overcome temptation because from the beginning, God has called her to be a capable helper. Now, the first trick from the evil Satan is for you to doubt God's word. Secondly, you must be familiar with God's word. Eve is not familiar with God's word, so that she added her own word to in verse 3. She said to the serpent, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. That part was added that you neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So thirdly, he also twisted God's word. In verse 4, the servant said to her, You will not surely die. In verse 5, For God knows that when you eat of, your, of it, that your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the fourth point, God love and mercy are kept away and he does not want to give the best to us so do you see the four steps of temptations are doubting god's word and when you're not familiar uh, with god, his word and his words god's words were twisted and lead you to think that god will always keep away something from you so you can't be like him <clears throat> this knowledge of good and evil we think it's about discerning good or bad is it a bad thing to discern good or bad? It is a good thing. Then why not let us discern good or bad? Now, the knowledge reference here is, I can control or rule everything like God. It is saying that I no longer need God to rule. In Hebrews, it means that I can manage everything. Satan does not want to obey and submit to God's authority. He also does not want us to submit to God's ruling. So he wants to trick us to be like him. He wants to be like God's equal, knows good and evil. So dear beloved family, these four kinds of temptations can show up in our daily lives. First, always making, <clears throat> making you questions. Did God really said that? Second, 
it will always making making you feel like it is kind of like this or that and added so many of our own interpretation to God's word. Sometimes when we watch movies or TV series thinking, oh, that is the full expression of the Bible. In reality, it's not. Thirdly, God said, <clears throat> must be, but Satan said, oh, not necessarily. Make you think that there might be room. So fourth, it makes you think that you can make decisions on your own. Maybe I do not need to rely on God. I can make the decisions and these temptations are in our lives that we have the ability to overcome. So let's look at what Eve said in verse 6. So when the women saw that the tree was good for food and that it was the light to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired and to be make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Eve supposed to be a helper to help Adam respond to his calling and destiny to rule with God on earth. But this helper did not help. Instead, she lost her spiritual alertness and pulled Adam to sin against God. So we, as Christ's new bride, if we are not familiar with God's word and we did not come before him in truth, and we, and we, as helper, we could very well lose our spiritual sensitivity. So I'm speaking to all the sisters in Christ. Really need to restore your spiritual sensitivity in God. Uh, you come to the God and say that, I have the power to overcome temptation. I want to be my husband's helper. I want to be a helper to the church. I want to be a helper of my bridegroom God. In verse 7, <clears throat> As it was true, what Satan said before, then the eyes of the both of them were open, so they knew that they were naked, and they, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Hey, what Satan said appeared to be true, right? What appeared to come true, that their eyes were open, and they can discern good and bad. But God said, not good. Satan says, maybe it is good. What God said is good, men may not think it is right. So that is Satan's plot. So their eyes are open. And, and um, what they, they see themselves as naked. So they see themselves as hidden fear of sin. And they see themselves lost in God's glory of them. This is called Satan's evil plan. Very dangerous. Let's review verse 18 to 13 of chapter 3. God repeatedly want to restore and renew their relationship. That men ran away. God always want to give us a chance to cry out to them. But God, God even cried out to them. But God will always call us back at the end. When we are weak and fallen, He wants us to respond to Him rightly. This is the time when He reveals His love to us. But the evil Satan always tries to destroy. Destroy His calling on us, the authority that He has given us, and the marriage God has established. Once sin. And men not only did not pick up the responsibility, he, he actually blamed his helper, right? Eve also blames God's creation that he did not protect. When and that's when temptation wins. When we leave God's protections and we do not submit to them, we, have, we will have problems in our marriage, we lose our authority in our marketplaces, in our lives we will lose our wisdom to manage and take care of things. From verse 1 to 13, you can see we really need to 
know that temptation is very much in our lives. From verse 14 to 21, we can see God's recovery in, in, in this gospel. There is still promise in the midst of judgment. There is still restoration of love in the midst of reproach. So in verse 14, God judged the serpent. And God seemed to curse the man and the woman that they must carry the consequences. So we lost our authority to rule the land. Marriage lost its guarantee and order. So woman loves her husband in a selfish way, the kind of love that she wants to control. Men shall rule over this woman, yet we want to also to control. Originally, women supposed to submit and help, and men supposed to be self-sacrificing and commit. All that were destroyed by sin. <clears throat> Adam named his wife Eve because she is a mother of many. When created, she was just called woman, which means capable helper. But now she's named Eve because God sees your descendants. Even they are spiritually dead, but they can see they have descendants. After they die, this word in Hebrew in singular, Jesus can stomp on the snake's head, the serpent's head. But the serpent can at opened bite man's heel. It foretells that Jesus can completely beat the devil and the evil Satan can kill you, your Jesus flesh or physical body. So he dies on the cross. So gospel has been prepared at the beginning of the fall of men. Now we can overcome temptation. It is because we hold on to God's mercy. Because God's love is always in our lives. This is what we can pray to God today. From verse 24, 22 to 24, we can see how they got evicted from Eden. He drove out the men, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard away to the tree of life. Why? Because they have sinned. If they want to restore, they could and go and eat the the tree of life and not die and then they will carry their sin and live forever this is men's way this will be show more in chapter 4 God's way is sacrifice the lamb bloodshed so sin can be redeemed by in verse 24 placing the cherubim and flaming sword that turn away to guard away to the tree of life a man can come before the tree of life and cannot come to the tree of life anymore. At that time, Jesus took his last breath, the veil torn from the temple. Do you know that on top of the veil is the image of a cherubim? So this means that the cherubim's guard is removed at that time, and men can go before God again. So as men, we can overcome temptation. The way is to return to Jesus' salvation. I return to God's blood. I hold on to his salvation. Even though the serpent hurts man's heel, but Jesus, the son of man, can completely stump and smash the serpent's head. That means that he is completely victorious. So, beloved family, you can pray this today. Lord, give me the strength to overcome temptation. Give the ability to understand your word. And give me the strength to be steadfast. Lord, please take away my tendency to be tempted. I want to solely depend on you and not on myself. In chapter 4, you will see that after we have the power to overcome temptation, we will have power to subdue sin. In chapter 4, Adam and Eve's first and second children appear. 
in this chapter, we see that some very distressing things. You see, first the first worship, you see the first envy, and then you see the first anger, and then you see the first murder, the first lie, the first pain, and departed from God. In this chapter, that is telling us that we have the power to subdue sin. Cain and Abel, you may think it is not quite fair, right? One is a farmer, one is a sheep herder. In verse three, Cain brought to the Lord offering the fruit of the ground. In verse four, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and and their fat portions. Then why? But Cain and his offering, God had no regard. Now we will naturally think that is it because perhaps the offspring of the flock, livestock, is a better offering than the produce on the ground. So, so that God is partial to sheep because it has more spiritual meaning to it. Actually, it is not. God does not regard on the offering, but He regards on the person first. He regarded Abel, so He accepted his offering. God did not regard Cain, so He did not accept his offering. So God reminded Cain in verse five that He did not regard Cain. So then, what happens? How did he respond? Cain got very angry. Brothers and sisters, every time God highlighted to us or disciplined us out of love, even if it's rejection, God wants to lead us to grace and favor in Him. God asked Cain, "Why are you angry?" And in verse seven, "If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door." Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So desire and to rule over it are used in Adam and Eve. So Eve has the desire that is contrary to him, and Adam must overrule it or subdue it. So that when God highlight blame or even reject or even exposing something that you try to hide, you need to thank God because He wants to lead you to the righteous path and into grace. He will tell us what is good and what is bad. <clears throat> he rules over it all. It is not how you want to live your own discerning of good and bad. Verse eight and nine, Cain killed Abel. God said to Cain, "Where is Abel, your bro your brother?" And said, "I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper?" The first lie appeared here. Do you feel the good guy got killed and the bad guy? In verse ten. And you may think God protected the bad guy, Cain here, and said to God, "My punishment is greater than I can bear. I am cursed from the ground, and when the work on the ground, it shall no longer yield to me, and I shall be a fugitive and wandering on earth." So the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any anyone who found him should attack him and kill him. Vengeance, in vengeance, shall be taken on him sevenfold. So. Wouldn't you think that this is not fair? God did not interfere when Abel got killed by Cain. In this envious Cain, kill his own brother and ask God to protect him. People may think may take think that people may want to take vengeance on him, right? So God said, "Okay, I'll mark you and I'll protect you." Why will God protect this bad guy? Because He wants him to repent, keeping him alive so that he can. He may take the path of eternity and be accepted by God. God already accepted Abel, 
So, <clears throat> so you think that it's so sad that his life was taken away by murder, but you have to see God has already accepted Abel's offering. His life is with God, but not Cain. So God wanted to protect him. So he had a chance to repent, re repent while still alive and return to God's grace. So you, when you see injustice in the world, good guy dies and bad guy prospers. <clears throat> you see so many injustices like Cain and Abel. You see brothers fighting against each other. You do not see good rewards for Christians. And for bad guys continue to prosper. Don't think that it is not fair. Because in Genesis, you can see that it is God's mercy for the sinner. So they have a chance to repent. So they can have the power to subdue sin and return to to God and stop discerning good and bad themselves and submit to God's authority in life. So from verses 16 to 26, you see Cain's descendants and you see the Genesis that they all have long lives recorded, right? But you see Cain's descendants in his future generation prosper and build their own cities, create all kinds of entertainment and what men believe to be good. But all their children's ages were not recorded. That means that their ears on earth before God's eyes is not regarded. He does not regard them. You see, God gave Cain a chance to repent and to return back to him. But he did not. He chose instead to build his own city and want to enjoy life his own way. Even though God has marked him not to be killed by others, so all of all Cain's future generations all went on the sinful path. Especially his grandchild, Lamont, he bragged to he bragged to his daughter, his uh, wife actually. If Cain revenge is seventy seventy fold, mine is seventy seven fold. I am greater than my ancestor. He's telling her. Yet God still give chance to men. In verse twenty six, Sith also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. It is pretty painful to read chapter 3 and 4. Mankind fell to temptation. Lamb got cursed. An older brother killed his little brother. People built on their own cities, rebelled against God and left God because they control good and evil. And they think that they no longer need God. But when Adam and Eve give birth to their third child, Sif, and give birth to Enoch, who gives birth to Enosh, he then called upon the name of the Lord. In verse 2, in these two chapters, you see that there are two paths, as in Revelations. One path, men controls it because they discern good and evil, and they allow temptation to prevail. God given men the power to overcome sin, but they choose not to. This path continues on until they become the great Babylon, as described in the book of Revelation. There is this other path, of the path of Enosh. So when I sin, I call up on the Lord, and also in my weakness, that when, when women give birth to the ones that can stomp on the head of the serpent and make offering to God are accepted. So my blood underground has a voice, and God will vindicate. In the book of Revelations, there are sound under the centuries, right? Your voice cry out to him has been accepted by God, which makes a difference that when you're, you're under God's care and cover. So when we call up on the Lord, we gain the strength to overcome sin. This path will also lead to the city called New Jerusalem, where all the saints will dwell together 
recite. Don't just think king and the monk have their own city. The saints have their own cities. So I tell you today, <clears throat> if you depend on God and rely and trust in Him, you will have the power to overcome temptations. You can defeat the enemies and Satan will flee. You also have the power to subdue sin. So you need to watch out for your anger, your pride, and how when you feel when you get rejected under any, any circumstances. As soon as God highlighted to you, why are you so angry? You shall immediately respond to the Lord. Thank you, God, for exposing it. I have the power to subdue sin. I can surrender and submit it to your presence. May chapter 3 and 4, not only just reading about history, but give us a path of life today, and we'll have a chance to be victorious in our lives.